The Last Time I Smoked is an independent entertainment podcast intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. And she went in to do this sales pitch, and then she asked a guy where the bathroom was, and she was like, oh, hey, where's the bathroom? And he was like, uh, I only know where the men's bathroom is. And then she was like, you don't know where the... She's like, am I the first woman to, like, do a pitch here? And then he was like, uh the first woman I've seen. And she's like, how long have you worked here? And he's like, a year. Welcome to The Last Time I Smoked, an introspective podcast of one person's life transitioning from pothead to sobriety. But why? We're on episode four, and I still don't know. <laughs> but uh, we're going to keep doing it, I guess. On today's episode, New York City. Today's guest, Ashley Cohen. And finishing up with the 9-11 Memorial. Oh, I love this place. Ladies and gentlemen, we do thank you very much for your attention. And now we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the takeoff. New York City. Do you remember how in last episodes I was talking about I was starting a tea break? What perfect place to do a tea break at than in a city that doesn't allow marijuana? That's so cool. So I'm like, oh, this works out. It's going to be a fun time in New York and I'm not going to be uh, high at all. Um, which will be fine. How is it not legal? I mean, I kind of get it because even walking down the streets of New York feels sort of like uh, you need all the precision you can. <laughs> and people look at you in New York. It's so wild. It's so much different than L.A. where everybody keeps their heads down or wear sunglasses. Um, <laughs> ooh, deep observation, Landon. Um, <laughs> I, I love New York City. It is the most inspiring city I, I ever get a chance to visit. It's so big and there's so many things to see that I never really plan a day out in New York. I just start walking and find something. Here are the three things that I found this time. Central Park, find Alice. The Cooper Hewitt Smithsonian Design Museum. It's actually right next to Central Park. The museum is inside of an old mansion. You won't be disappointed. If you can get tickets, go see Hamilton the Musical. My first musical that I ever saw was actually in New York City by the same creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did In the Heights. And I had won with a bunch of other kids to get front row seats at a drawing they did. That show blew me away too. And I don't know why I thought anything different for Hamilton, but if you get a chance, go see Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Today's guest is Ashley Cohen. Ashley and I went to school together, and we've been friends for many years. She is a producer and actor and comedian in New York City. She's currently living in Brooklyn and actually does a lot of stuff with the UCB in New York City. Uh, she was kind of a big influence on me deciding to go to UCB here in uh, uh, Los Angeles, which was uh, so far an amazing decision. And... Ashley's always got a lot of funny stories to tell, so um, brace yourselves. Here's Ashley. <laughs> Should I push record? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, it's recording. <laughs> 
Are you gonna like get me comfortable first and give me a back massage? <laughs> you want a back massage? I'm never gonna say no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, turn around. Oh, um, I'm so proud of you. For what? Look at you. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> okay. What's your name? I'm Ashley Cohen. What do you do? I am a comedian and producer. In? Brooklyn. What? What? Woo! What part of Brooklyn? I live in The Bush. exact address. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I live in Bushwick. Bushwick? Shout out Bagel Shop. Bread Brothers. <laughs> Bread Brothers. Bushwick Ave in Meserol. If you'd like to stalk Ashley Cohen, please stop by the Bagel Shop on, what was that again? Uh, Bushwick Ave and Meserol Street. There we go. Meserol. When I looked Meserol. at it the first time, I thought it said Melrose. I'm like, of course you would live on like the street <laughs> right down from me. There is a Melrose, but it's kind of in the hood. It's not in like that safe of an area. In the Heights. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to go see Hamilton. And remember when we went I to go see? I can't believe you got tickets to see that. Well, that's my boyfriend. Well, we're get not yourself all that a boyfriend. Lucky. Well, it's not that easy when you only hang out with homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> no one's happy <laughs> because everyone's just trying to get something that they don't have. Explain. Well, it's like we're ingrained to like, like the American dream thing is to like keep working, working, working. And then once you have the success that you want, you don't even realize it because by that time you've been working for years and your mind is just in a constant state of work. So you don't realize it until like you're away from it or you've passed that moment. And then you're like, shit, I did have what I wanted this many years ago. And I didn't even take advantage of it. And then you get depressed about that. So it's just like this constant. Of wanting to be successful, but not being successful or. Not feeling it. Mm. It's like this constant urge to keep working towards something and feeling like you've never achieved it. Where it's like the two people go on a road trip and then like once they get to the destination, it's kind of like, oh, this is cool. But it's like the fun of it. And what you achieved was the journey along the way. The road trip's always the best. Yeah, but like you don't realize that in the time because you're like, fuck, I'm sitting in this car with the same person. It's been four days. I'm bored. I'm like uncomfortable. I'm stiff. But then when you look back on it, it's like those are the times where you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I was living. (laughs) (laughs) Route 66. Yeah. Where it's like sleeping in like shitty motels or like in your car. You ever smoke weed to relax? I used to. But now it just, it depends. If I'm like with a group of friends and everyone's smoking, then it, then I'm like, okay, this is fun, a few hits. But if it's just like me and another person and I smoke more than like one bowl, I get really anxious and paranoid. More than one bowl makes you anxious and paranoid? Yeah. I first, well, I smoked first when I was in, when I was 12. And then I stopped and then I picked it up again when I was 15. And then I stopped when I was probably around 21, 22. So you got these years of just smoking and then stopping? Yeah. Just life or the experience is not the same or you become tolerant? It's a mixture of it becoming tolerant and then I'll have this moment where I'll smoke a lot and then I'll just get like really freaked out and have like anxiety and paranoia and then I'm like, oh God, I never want to feel this again. You feel like you're dying? 
Yeah, it's like that moment where it snaps and you feel like you're watching the situation that you're in and you're like, oh my God, this is so, like, it's such an odd, like, out-of-body experience. And that could be me just being an idiot and smoking too much and not knowing my limits. But it scares you because you're like, I'm feeling this and this is real life. I think you do become tolerant to it. I'm super tolerant. And I feel like it's just become, like eating breakfast and stuff. But I also don't want to, speaking of eating, I don't want to ever rely on weed to help me do anything, like help me sleep or help me eat. Because there are people who I know have smoked for years at a time and then they stop smoking and then they've like lost their appetite and it's hard for them to like gain it back or they can't fall asleep. It's terrifying. (laughs) It's like this thing that you did as a kid to just like have fun and let loose has now affected you and like a really real way that like is a detriment to your health but how long do you really think that your appetite's going to be gone because of the... oh, not long at all i'm a hypochondriac so everything is like the worst thing ever <laughs> uh, i think the reason webmd still exists is because of me maybe i do have cardiovascular disease i have diagnosed myself with lung cancer six times this year <laughs> it is scary Especially, do you, is it scarier when you now that you're older? Was it scary when you were younger? Have you always gotten this? Has you, have you grown into this weird? Not weird. Sorry, that's no. Wrong I've word, grown into it. You've grown into it. Yeah, it's definitely something that's happened. I think it's because, like, there are some people who like grow up thinking they're invincible. Yeah, you're a prime example. You still think you're a little invincible. <laughs> I'm a little invincible. Nobody's like touched we me get yet. it. You were in Iraq, like. <laughs> You're gay. We get it. You do it like you're a dime in a dozen. Um, but like being in a serious car accident when I was 17 and almost dying and then also just like breaking 10 bones. I have developed anxiety and that's where and you think smoking weed, weed comes from. Comes, what, what, so or I'm not smoking weed comes from, but I think that's what it plays into my anxiety. The weed ex- 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 exaggerates your anxiety. Yeah. I get weird. And then I get self-conscious of the fact that I'm being weird. And then it creates more anxiety because you're like, fuck, everyone around me thinks I'm so weird right now. And then you get so anxious <laughs> about how you look. And then it's like, wait, no, I don't care. And then it goes back to the real purpose of the anxiety of where it's coming from. <laughs> and, then, and then you just, you're going down the rabbit hole. It just it's just circles. It's like a yeah. spiral. It's the same four topics that that give you the anxiety in your mind. Yes. You just keep hitting them like. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, I mean, granted, if I take like three hits, I'm fine. Then I'm at like a good place, and I'm like chill, and I can enjoy myself. I and... need to smoke like three J's just to get. Oh my god. By myself. Lock myself in my bedroom and turn out all the lights if I ever smoke three joints. <laughs> I would be the weirdest <laughs> and I would freak out when you now I would you don't like to freak out no I'm like kind of a control freak of myself like I like to control my own emotions you like knowing that your brain controls your body and not vice versa yeah I felt like I was dying many times but I but I liked it is that weird? I liked no. that. I liked that sense of I could die right now, and I feel like I'm dying. And I'm, but then I would come back like, 
spit you high. And now I'm so tolerant that I don't. I could never get to that point again unless I stop smoking for like a month and then. If I reach a point of like paranoia again where it's like really high, I will purposely think of people like you and other people who I know that smoke a lot and be like, Landon would be so happy right now. He would be <laughs> wanting to hit this point. People enjoy this, Ashley. People enjoy this. <laughs> While I'm cradling, cradling myself like in the bathroom or something, staring in the mirror. Get it together. <laughs> But it is crazy because, like, people really do like losing control like that. And I constantly try and remind myself in the moment where I'm like, this is a unique experience. Enjoy it. Well, if you're, again, I, my friend Andrew had told me the other day, he was like, you know, I get this a lot from potheads the most is, why don't you smoke? Why don't you, why don't you, like, they, he feels like, Potheads are the number one people that question why he doesn't smoke. Mm. Which I thought, wow, what a perspective I never thought of. Yeah. And it's and it's that that thought that makes me think to myself, oh, do I do that to other people? Do I not like them because they don't smoke or do you know? Is the stigma? Is there a judgment? Is there a judgment? Vice versa. And there is absolutely there is completely. But I don't think I'm one of those people as I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had a conversation with my friend about this because he was like, did you really smoke a lot when you were in high school? Like, you don't really talk about it like you did. And I was like, well, that's on purpose because there is such a stereotype to young stoners especially. And I never thought of myself in that stereotype. So now that I'm older, it's like, I don't want people to... Like, when I talk about things that I did when I was younger, how I was as a person, I don't want people to label me as, like, the stereotypical pothead. Right. When I was younger. Because you don't see yourself as a stereotypical pothead. Yeah. I don't think of myself as a stereotypical pothead. No. I mean, I'm slowly (laughs) turning into that. Could my hair get any longer? (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, I... think that that's what it's it's like the legalization is sort of opening it up to everybody now you don't have to be that stereotype to experience that experience and you don't have to let it take over your life like Like i have like i have but um to each their own that's the thing it's just all about balance like you were actually the reason why i sold weed in college (laughs) hey what Because you, I was wearing a floral dress and you were like, you look like the chick from Weed. Nancy. You look like Nancy, Nancy Bowen. <laughs> and I, w- I had really long hair at the time and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, I wonder if I could. And this was when I was smoking a lot and I was like, I could sell weed. And my roommate and I got in with these other two kids <laughs> and we like all had our little weed business going on for a few months and I was a great drug dealer. And then... <laughs> One of the kids got arrested for selling weed on a college campus, and then he also had ecstasy on him, and he had shrooms, so he was fucked, and he got arrested and went to jail, and like a half hour before he got arrested, I had texted him being like, how much does a 10 sack weigh? (laughs) 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 And then I got a call like 20 minutes later being like, Dude, he got arrested. And then I was like, holy shit. And everything.
everything I owned, I packed up and I brought immediately to a friend's house. And I was like, they're on to me. They're on to me. <laughs> I didn't turn my phone on for a day because I was like, they're on, like the police are going to call me. And then everyone wanted to go visit him in jail. And I was like, and at this point I hadn't told anyone about the dumb text message that I sent. And I was like, but wait, I didn't say weed in it. I didn't say like drugs. They won't know that it's weed. Of course they would know. A 10 sack. Like, hello. And then I, we, I ended up going to jail to visit him. And I was terrified that it was like, it was like their plan. They'd be like, oh, I bet Ashley's going to come visit him because she's one of his lackeys. Like, we'll get her when she comes to visit. I got to see him and it was fine. And then his mom bailed him out. But it was nothing? <laughs> it was nothing at all. Yeah. Whatever. This was all with people I knew, though. Right. It wasn't like strangers. I'm just looking for employment. Yeah. <laughs> just a part-time job. part-time gig. What do you guys got going on? God, that's more like an internship. <laughs> it was very thrilling, though. Did you make any good money? No. Oh. By the time, like, with when we were actually selling weed, we got to the point where it was like, cool, we're, like, breaking even. If we, like, did it more, we would have started to make money, but that never happened because I got too scared. But you just, like... But I just did it to, like, do it. <laughs> it. I just wanted to prove to myself, like, I can do this. <laughs> and I liked people telling me I was a good drug dealer. <laughs> like, no one would ever expect it, so I felt like a spy. And I'm like, ha It is funny looking back and being like, weed is so far from my life. Like, a lot of my friends still smoke habitually. But it is something that's, not like, not very prominent in my life anymore. And it's funny to, like, look back on that. So do you like New York? I love New York. You're home. I am. <laughs> this is weird to see to think like where we come from and then finding like these big giant metropolis being home. Yeah. And then being comfortable in them and like I never thought I would actually you know what I mean? But not nah, it's just these like places everything else. that are so romanticized. Like yeah. I was sitting in Central Park yesterday. God, I even hate that sentence coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but I, like I was it. sitting there before work with my friend and we like got fruit and it was before I had to go to work. And I was just like, this is such a romanticized idea, yet, like, I'm just doing it for, like, an hour, and it's just a part of life now. The crazy thing is, is, like, I feel like in big cities like this, when people like it a lot, like me and you, and, like, feel comfortable and feel at home, there's always a good chunk of people who don't and who hate it. And, like, I'm always astonished at that, because I would not put up with the shit of living here if I hated the city too. Right. Because then it's just not like paying so much for rent, the transportation, the jobs, and like just hating all three of those things plus the actual city. Like, I don't know why. Why would you be here? Exactly. But there are a lot of people that do because it's like, I have to do this. This is me making it. It's like, oh God. Wrong reasons. Oh God. Oh gosh. Oh Oh, no. Darn it. Darn it. Stop it right there. Oh little one. (laughs) Pull it back. One last question, and then we'll go. Yeah. Um, has weed helped you make different decisions, socially or professionally? I think, like, you look at it like weed is a big issue with politics and, like, people running and for whichever. Not just, like, for presidency, but, like, senators and all that. And after smoking it you realize where it's like why are people making such a big deal about this that idea has led into other things in my life we're like 
I mean, even if you think of other big social issues where, like, if you wanted to bring up, like, gay marriage, like, I would be like, oh, my best friend's gay and he has sex with men. And, like, just because I'm around it, it's like, whatever, this isn't a big deal. So why are people making a big deal about it? I've smoked weed. I'm 100% fine. This isn't a big deal. Why are people talking about it? They're naive to the issue. They just, they, they make... Uh, rash decisions about something they don't really understand. They just jump to conclusions like, gays are awful, weed, you're lazy, women can't do anything because they only think on their emotions. It's like all these things that society has portrayed on all of us, but we are the generation that's breaking them. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. I don't know if any of that made sense. The 9-11 Memorial In the footprints of the Twin Towers are two identical 50-foot deep square waterfalls pouring into a depthless pond, or pool. However somber and sorrowful the memorial makes me feel, it also is a symbol of immense achievement and community strength. This is my fifth trip to New York City, and yet this is my first time visiting the 9-11 Memorial. This is weird because my dad had his retirement flag flown over the site in 2003, and my decision to join the military was partially influenced by uh, the events of September 11, 2001. I'm not trying to be profound, but the events of 9-11 have undoubtedly changed the DNA of this country. As a nation, we gawked at New York City while they publicly came to terms with their own mortality. For that reason alone, New York City deserves a deeper sense of respect. I am deeply inspired by this memorial. New York City, you are a breeding ground of creativity and inspiration, and I thank you for having me. This is Landon at the 9-11 Memorial. I love New York. Thank you for listening to The Last Time I Smoked. I'd like to thank today's guest, Ashley Cohen. I'd like to thank a few friends from New York City. Thank you, Tim and Sandy. And thank you, Alana. You are awesome, and you're going to do great in Cambodia. Music by The Losers, Gotta Keep Moving, and Poddington Bear, Uh uh-huh, and Keep Going. This has been a production of rockbottomartists.com. (laughs) 